It's been a while, Adrian. But it has. He, but here we are. Yes. I'm Rizzy. I'm Adrian. The poem, the Parsha, the podcast. Life has gotten in the way of us podcasting, but here we are, Parshat Bihar, which we did not do last year. No, we did not. So, what a thrill. Absolutely. Here we are. You know, I have to say, this actually is one of my most favorite Parshiot. Tell me why. And that's because I really feel strongly that the system hello, it's from God, mm-hmm. of the Shemitah year, mm-hmm. the seventh year we rest the land, and the Yovel year, the 50th year that slaves go free, land returns to its original owner, is of the, course, when we English say slave. Is that Jubilee? Yes. And by the way, that's one of the English words that come directly from the Hebrew. Yes. Which is magnificent. Absolutely. I also want to say, I can't, you know, it's important when you say the word slave to actually pause for a minute and say, slavery, not good. Yes. However, um, what happens on the 50th year is work ceases, servants go free. Mm-hmm. I like to call them servants because they're more like indentured rather than yes. sold forever. And sometimes these people had to sell themselves because of robbery or they become poor, some such thing. Yes. But, but let us just say for the record, wherever the record is, slavery, bad. Thank you. Okay. Uh, land returns to its original owners. And mm. we're talking about, of course, the Nahala, yeah. the portion that was given to every Israelite as they came into the state, into the land of Israel. Yes. And so this, and so the reason why this is so dear to me and precious to me is because an, an economy left unchecked will always skew to the few, well, wealth to the few, poverty to the many. Yes. And I deeply love the Torah life, which seeks to equalize and stabilize every 50 years. Yes. And so the idea of Shabbat is something that is woven through the Torah, beginning from the creation through we're about to enter the land and the Shabbat Haaretz, the Sabbath of the land. And you have selected for us yes. an Emily Dickinson poem. Yes. Tell us a little bit about it. So um, this poem, um, remember that Dickinson did not ever publish a collection of work. Her work was found after she had died. So some of them don't have names or the, the name is just the first line of the poem. And then they're numbered. So this is number 236. The title is Some Keep the Sabbath Going to Church. Um, and I think we... I think we have, I think we get a, we, coming, you know, we have done a Dickinson poem before. We've spoken about her before, and she had this really interesting sort of reclusive life, and she really um, had some interesting commentary about the systems of her day. You know, we're talking about... New um, England, by the way. New England, mid-19th century, we're talking about sort of... in industry becoming its own thing and the sort of relationships between church and industry and state got very blurry for a while. Um, and, and she commented on this. So this is called Some Keep the Sabbath Going to Church by Emily Dickinson. Are we going to redo it for Some Keep the Sabbath by Going to Shul? Absolutely. No. <laughs> revision, revision coming soon, friends. Some Keep the Sabbath Going to Church. Some keep the Sabbath going to church. I keep it staying at home with a bobolink for a chorister and an orchard for a dome. Some keep the Sabbath in surplus. I just wear my wings. Instead of tolling the bell for church, our little sexton sings. God preaches a noted clergyman, and the sermon is never long. So instead of getting to heaven at last, I'm going all along. 
It's such a beautiful poem. It is very um, pointed. It's very um, clear. And yet there's this, I feel like the end is an interesting kind of turn, right? That I don't need to participate in these particular institutions in order to be accepted into heaven. It in is, yeah, it's so right there, it turns right to the heaven idea. Yes. What's in, you know, what this reminds me of, I'm going to say, this is an idea, I believe, that all religions have have. Yes. You've got people in religions who love the basic framework. They want to go to shul. They yes. want to go to Havdil to church. Yes. They want to be part of that larger framework. And then there are those who think differently. Yes. And so, for example, we have the song, the poem that is attributed to Rabbi Nachman of Bratzlav, Bilvavi Mishkan Evne. Yes, yes. I will build a sanctuary in my heart. And Bilvavi Mishkan Evne, and I will offer my sacrifice in my heart. I will do all of this in my heart. And and this is the tension because we know what happens when human beings start to organize things like synagogues and churches mm -hmm. and et cetera. There gets to be a lot of stuff around that. Yes. And what happened to the speaking to God part? Yes. Yes. I think that and and the when you have humans involved, like relationships get very blurry and that does not feel good. And so for, for the people who, those of us who want sort of an, an, um, an individualized relationship with the divine, there I feel like is an inclination to sort of turn away from the messy part of it and just take on the smaller, more personal part. Which can be so much easier to navigate. As yes. I tell the kids all the time, God, very easy to get along with. Your neighbor, not, not so, so easy. Not so simple. Not so simple. No. Uh, the people on the shul committee, not so no. simple. No. But God, very easy to get along with. You know what's interesting is that I've taught this Parsha a number of times, and I love to bring in a piece by Henry George, mm -hmm. who is a contemporary of, yes. of Emily Dickinson. Yes. He was a political economist, a journalist, and he loved Shemitah. He wanted America to adopt the idea, excuse me, the idea, the idea of Jubilee Year. So, and he writes, it is not protection of property, but the protection of humanity. That is the aim of the Mosaic Code. Uh -huh. At every point, I love this, friends. At every point, it interposes its barriers to the selfish greed that, if left unchecked, will surely differentiate men into landlord and serf, capitalist and working person, millionaire and tramp, ruler and ruled. It's Sabbath day. And the Sabbath year secure, even to the lowliest, rest and leisure. With the blast of the Jubilee trumpets, the slave goes free, the debt that cannot be paid is canceled, and a redivision of the land secures again to the poorest their fair share in the bounty of the common creator. And he wanted America to adopt the Mosaic Code. Hmm. Jeff huh. Bezos, what think you? Uh, you know, let's... um. I'll call his publicist. Yes, please. Um, I think that's. I think that's very interesting, and I do think. And I, so, and here's here are a couple of things that I wonder. Right, first of all, that the framework that we currently have offers a sort of respite from. I'm talking about the the, the framework of community, right? Like the framework of everybody doing the same thing at the same time, theoretically, offers us a framework from a capitalist 
society. What are you talking about? Shabbat observance? Shabbat observance, kashrut observance, and then there's also this sort of community uh, uh, lens, shall we say, that, that there is, I feel like Jewish communities are sort of equalizers in some ways, because it doesn't matter if you're rich or if you're poor, you're still a Jew. Wow. I am processing that comment because I'm thinking that in different synagogues, perhaps people of wealth do manifest differently. Absolutely. Absolutely. But at the same time, the like everybody who sits in shul is still sitting in shul. They are still talking to God. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, I thought you were going to say they're still talking. Get, Can well, we get yes, them to stop talking? Can we stop talking? There's still, like, there, there is in a way that, that sort of, um, it, it's sort of a great equalizer. And I love that idealistic idea of yours, because I'm it, not sure. I'm, I mean, I'm speaking very deeply theoretically. At the end of the day, people are people, and they're flawed, and they make mistakes, and they, um, you know, they, they hold different ideas about their own value in regards to others. All right. Well, it, you know, I do have an uh, an argument, a textual argument to um, just put here. Yes. If I were a rich man. I, yes. Dighty, dighty, dighty. Yes. You know, he's standing by the Eastern Wall. Yes. And everyone's listening to everything he says. Mm-hmm. And he's waiting to be one of those wealthy men. Aren't we all? Okay. We're just going to keep waiting. <laughs> it's going to be a while. Um, there, There is... And I mean, is is that that is not the foundational piece, though? There will always be right that but, human impulse of the relationship in the other. There's always the I and the vow. You know what? I absolutely, really do agree with you on a certain basic level. And that is, humans we're all humans, yes. and and to a certain degree, I deeply believe that Torah is the great equalizer. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Is okay. that like right here is. Here is this sort of equalizing moment that stands apart from all the other stuff. I hear you. I hear you. Should we go into the poem a little bit? Yes. And talk. What are we seeing here? We're seeing four stanzas. Yes. uh, Four lines each, which is not necessarily Emily Dickinson's way. No. You know? No. Um, And we've got some rhymes going on. We've got home, dome, wing, sings, long, along. Yes. And and tell us how this speaks to you as a poem. Um, this is a very, um, formulaic Mm -hmm. poem and I'm, I am, but to my, to, you know, and it's been a long time since I had like the forms of poetry class. So I'm not sure if this is a documented form, like there's the VNL and there's the, you know, there's the sonnet, but this clearly has a, a, a sort of stamp to it right of like it has a rhythm let's go some keep the sabbath going to church i keep it staying at home with a bobbling for a chorister with an orchard for a dome there's your iambic pendant yes yes i was just counting it out yeah um so it's very rhythmic it's very yes this is i think this also speaks to her time they were very invested in the poems that went in the newspaper yeah. and this was a sort of tidy thing yes. that could go in the daily or weekly circular and so like the ladies who lunch would read this over tea but they're not going to be happy with this poem no they're not this and is, therein lay the sort of tension with Dickinson is that she was um, 
very invested in the form and in the the sort of relationship to the audience, but she loved throwing curveballs. I mean, this poem is very <coughs> rebellious. Yes. Uh, you know, there's absolutely a circle of people yes. that are going in this humanistic direction. Yes. Uh, but this is basically saying, I don't have to go to shul. Yeah. And it's saying, I don't need, and, and let's just point it out there, within here, instead of the chorister singing, we've got a bird. Instead of the dome of the church, there is an orchard. Instead of the garments worn by the pastor, there's, I wear my wings, by the way. And the wings are like, are angels. And I think it's interesting that in the next stanza, she's talking about the neck, the heaven, right? Mm-hmm. And instead of the bell in the church, our little sexton, like the bird, says, yes, the little God preaches. A noted clergyman in the sermon is never long, so God. See, this is the other big thing I believe of Walf, Ralph Waldo Emerson and yes. Walt Whitman yes, and yes. the that time that humanistic. Come on, what yes. is it? American, the, the, like the like Walden Pond's impulse, right? right. The and naturalism, like, the, yes. Okay. The, you know that thing that happened. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, and so I love that. And this is really rebellious. Instead yes. of a clergy person, we have God. The sermon isn't long. I mean, honestly, we know all about complaining about the sermons oh being my. long. Don't we, we know. know? We know. And instead of getting to heaven at last, I'm going all along, meaning I'm in heaven right now. Yes. I'm wearing my wings. Heaven is not going to synagogue. And I just want to say, folks, I say it almost every Shabbat in synagogue. If while I'm talking, someone has the nerve to tell me to be quiet, I usually say, if you want to talk to God, stay home. You want to talk to people, go Go to shul. shul. Now, I was absolutely, obviously for all these years, channeling my inner Emily Dickinson. Obviously. Because the spiritual moments I've had, tefillah, mostly were at home when I'm Mm -hmm. alone Mm -hmm. versus in shul when there's so much going on. Yes, yes. I mean, I also wonder, though, if Dickinson is, is sort of hinting at... The corruption in the church at the time. Like, I don't need your system. Your system, what I feel like is not being said here is your system is broken. Your system is corrupt. And if you do not if if you are participating in that corrupt system, you are not going to heaven. And on the interweb it says it features the poet's growing disbelief regarding the customary Christian rituals and her intention to seek salvation without resorting to conventional means. Yes. Yes, um, and and I wonder if this there so there is that sort of moment, the naturalist moment, the the Emerson, the Whitman moment that was happening, and I also feel like there is a a personal Dickinson experience being told here. She was a recluse; she did not spend time with people; she um, did not feel welcome in the circles, and I. I feel like this impulse is very much being expressed here. Spiritualism is the work that we're lo- the uh, word that we're looking yes, for. Yes, yes, and this is really this the idea actually that I say ironically every Shabbat. Mm-hmm. God, the spirituality, that's something that's not necessarily happening in the sanctuary. And here it is. Firstly, she deals with the concept of Sabbath, how she sits at home listening to a bird. Yes, and the Holy. idea is that. You know, at home is where you can find God, or not necessarily in the synagogue. Oh, yeah. and it is in iambic pentameter. Oh, is it? Okay, mm-hmm. I thought I counted it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I do. I think that 
we will always have those voices in our communities that do not feel drawn in by the systems, but yet their relationship with God is no less valuable because they do not participate. You know what I think would be interesting? Hmm. To actually sit with this poem in shul, mm -hmm. with shul goers, and talk about it. I agree. And I think that a lot of, you know, the Chavura moment movement yeah, yeah, yeah. was all about this. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing with Jews in their prayers is they need 10. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the, I feel like there's also that sort of Baal Shem Tov in, impulse of, He'd voted I'm going, yes, he, we go out into the woods and we sing praises yeah. to Hashem and we commune with nature. Um, I know that my own impulse, my own spiritual impulse is not... Sure. My own spiritual impulse is internal and that I often feel more comfortable with that. I, I have a hard time with that. And I am most comfortable with that in the woods. Well, I was about to say the woods are by the water or the lake. And that's why yes. I always have this fantasy. I have a fantasy. Tell me. A women's Shabbat, Friday night Kabbalah Shabbat down in Seward Park. I think that sounds beautiful. I think it would be so lovely. I think that would be Seward Park, friends, if you're listening from out of state, is the most beautiful park right near where Adrian and I both live and yes. BTW, where President Biden just signed his latest EPA amendment, amendment. whatever they yes, were. I don't remember. It is a stunningly beautiful old growth it forest by the, the water. It is the only remaining urban old growth forests right. like There's in the there. country. Yeah. No, it's really remarkable. And but I, I want to also get here in defense of Shul. I also love Shul yes. and listening to a Chazan, and I yes. love singing along with everyone. That's yes. so beautiful. So let's not blast Shul no, totally. No, absolutely not. And there is something that unique that happens in our brains when we, specifically when we sing with other people. Yeah, it's a thing. It's, it's real. It has been studied by science. There is actual neuroscience behind it. And that, to my mind, they are both real and valid and important. And I also think that if we're going to speak about church or shul, that our, like, we are a social being. Yes, we, we are. are our, our most basic instinct is to be with people who are like us. And I know that shul is a, for so many of us, regardless of how they feel about the sermon, or the davening, or their whatever, their benchmate, shul is a safe place. And I feel like like the Parsha is sort of telling us that this needs to remain a safe place for our people. Right. And, you know, it's a sanctuary. Shabbat yes. is Kodesh. The seventh year is Kodesh. Yes. The synagogue is Kodesh. And the idea of Kodesh and holy is set aside. Yes. And, <coughs> um... We, we have to, I think, acknowledge the beauty and the sentiment of this poem. Yes. And also know that we're individuals and we're community. Yes. And sometimes we just need a balance, a healthy balance yes. of alone time and together time. And, and sometimes when we create that holy experience with other people, it's magical. Yes. A hundred percent agree. And so it's all about balance, I think. Yes. And I think Emily Dickinson kind of skewed on the be alone seclusion yes, but thing. But I also think she's saying that there is a real need for church or shul. It may just be not for her. Okay, I can acknowledge that. And 
It is a stunning poem. Absolutely. It's, there's, it's a carefully written poem, and I yes. admire that. Yes. She knew her audience, and she was going to um, explore that relationship with them. That is what I feel like this poem does. It explores the relationship between her and her readers, and just the way we explore our relationship between ourselves and our communities and our and our Torah frameworks. Well, there's a lot to think about here, everyone. Take a look. Look up the poem. Some keep the Sabbath going to church. And then, of course, I keep it staying at home. I might put that a, a sign on my door. Uh, but friends, Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Thanks happy, for listening. Yeah, happy Parshat Bihar. Bihar. And, uh, you know, look up Henry George, everyone. Take yes, a look. absolutely. All righty. Take care. Thanks for listening. Shabbat Shalom.